Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. This episode is uh, going to be a science fiction film. We're kind of doing a sci-fi month. We're going to end the month with a top 50 sci-fi movies countdown. Uh, both both of us are going to do our top 50 sci-fi movie list, so we'll probably be checking out one or two more sci-fi movies during the month. But this episode is going to be actually kind of a follow-up to a previous episode, because last year we did the original 1956 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This episode is going to be 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, directed by Philip Kaufman, which for Connor was a first-time watch. It was. This is one that I. This was one that I had on my list as of the ones that we should get to, because I bought this on Blu-ray about two years ago, maybe. And when we when we were going through our list, I was like, "Oh, I've got this. Let's do this." And you went, "No, no, we got we got to do the other one first. All right, I have to do fifty six first. So I went, "All right, fine, we'll do the other one first. So we did that one, and that sat on the shelf for another six months. <laughs> so uh, you know, first opportunity. Here we go. Let's do this." Yeah, it's also the first episode of 2018, so, you know, this is a thing. Yep. This is, uh, this is how we roll, kicking things off the lists. I, I, I don't know uh, how, how you feel about 2018 yet. Uh, hopefully it's not as awful as the last two years, just in a grand sense. That'd be yeah, nice. Yeah, no. Uh, opinions are as of yet unformed. As, uh, I, I've had you know, nothing to judge about. I, there's not been enough world events yet. No, well, I mean, we're only about like four or five days into the into the <laughs> into Something the like year. That. Five, yeah, yeah, three hundred and sixty left. <laughs> we'll see I, how it goes. I, I've, I spent most of this year ill, so I'd say as of right now, this year's pretty shitty. But that you know that that's because the ill days outnumber the the the, the well days. So yeah. Well, well last I'll say this: I've made, I've made a cracking good start at watching more movies this year. Oh, me too. So we'll see how long that lasts because I was not happy with my total because. Let's confess something here, guys. We're kind of nerds when it comes to this stuff, and we keep track of how many new movies we watch throughout the year. I, I don't think anyone's going to be that surprised. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I like to keep track, you know, how many first-time watches I have. Not just of films that are just released, but anything, you know, from the past. And, and and this seems like the perfect time to say, hey, if you want to see what all the stuff we're watching, you go follow us on Letterboxd. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Atwood 89 ever, for me. I don't think we've ever mentioned that, have we? I mean, maybe once or twice, like a long time right. ago, but... Yeah, mine's Connor around 94. Yeah, mine's at Wibble 89 because Connor spoke over the last time I said it. Yeah, yeah, well, I didn't think you were going to say it straight away. Well, get in tune, all right? <laughs> get in sync, in rhythm. Right, Which reminds on. me, have you, have you heard uh, Smell It Teen Spirit in uh, Major? Yeah, it's been auto-tuned. It's a bizarre I, experience. I don't know if I've heard this version. I've heard a version of that, like, four years ago. No, nah, there's a new version that's a lot more sort of refined, shall we say. All right. I, I, I don't really get the appeal of all these, you know, the ones in a major key or in a minor key. Like, I've never really encountered it before. It's just it was making the rounds on the Twitters and it was an interesting listening for one time. I, I think, yeah, but I feel like once you've heard one song do it, I'm like, okay, the appeal's gone now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? All right, so I've, I've, had, I've had a good start to the year. Uh, with how, the how many you watched? Uh, five new watches and this would be my one rewatch. So... As, I'm, as of the fifth, as of the as of the fifth, so I'm 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 one new watch per day plus a rewatch. It's not bad. I'm on I'm on seven new watches and one rewatch. Uh, get getting ahead in... early because once once TV starts back up, I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, I I hit 119 new watches last year, which is about half of my my record. I think 2014 I got to about 240 something. 
Yeah, last year I, I only can keep in track of these for a couple of years since like I think I did twenty fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and that seventeen was the first time I was under a hundred by quite an amount too. It was embarrassing, and I'm not happy. I've been keeping track since two thousand seven. <laughs> I, I find I've had a vague awareness, but I've never bothered counting mm. before a few years ago. Yeah. I'm happy to say, though, in my years of keeping records, I've never been on a hun- under 100. The, 2007 was the smallest. I, I think I was at like 103 for 2007. So, you know. Okay. In, so, in my defense, last year was my busiest year with all other stuff. Sure. I don't care about excuses, though. I care about results. Uh, I know. Me too. That's why I'm not <laughs> happy and why I'm making a, a start now. Okay, we'll move away from this ultra nerdy conversation and actually talk about the movie Invasion yeah, of the Body Snatchers. This is uh, obviously quite a cast. You got Donald Sutherland in the lead role. You got Brooke Adams uh, as the female lead. You've also got Jeff Goldblum in there. You got Leonard Nimoy. You got Veronica Cartwright, uh, which which is weird because Veronica Cartwright I know primarily, of course, from Alien. This is actually a year before Alien, so this is it's like oh, Veronica Cartwright was a thing before Alien. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't discovered for that. Which, to be to be fair, it's, it's not like the other actors in Alien were you know weren't known in some capacities. I think most of them were. I think Sigourney Weaver is the one who sticks out as you know not really being the, known the, for anything. The, the newbie, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, so see, so you got quite a cast, and of course, you, you you take the the premise of these alien pods are duplicating people and replacing them, and you give it more of a gritty horror seventies spin uh, yeah. that this movie does, and it's set in the city. It's not a small town, you know. It's a big city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it tries to take advantage of that. So that's what the movie is. So I will start spoiler-free, of course, and I'll give you some warning. Uh, I don't imagine the spoiler-free section will go on too long, but uh, I will definitely warn you before we dive into spoilers. But as always, with these movies that are first-time watches for Connor, I always like to start with a question. Connor, did you enjoy Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1978? Very much so. I thought it was very good. Excellent. I assume you, you did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I like it quite a bit. I mean, well, yeah, I, I know that, but you know, the audience might not. <laughs> no, it's, it's very good. I think whereas the first version is very fifties B movie sci fi, I think this one is definitely seventies gritty uh, filmmaking. Like it feels like it has that that vibe to it. Oh yeah, and and the plot even even immediately it moves so much quicker. The the, the you know the the idea that oh no, this is what's going on is established almost immediately in this movie, whereas I remember in the 50s, it kind of builds up to it. The mystery kind of plays oh, yeah. for a while. Uh, yeah, the first one's more about mystery. This one's more about paranoia. And the, the idea of sitting in a city is kind of like the idea of, like, we're surrounded by millions of people, and they could be the invaders. Yeah, we, we don't know half these people. Yeah, half. Well, more than half. <laughs> it's half is a figure of speech, and you know that. It's New York. You, you think most people know half the population of New York? Some of them might. <laughs> well, there's like seven million people in that city. <laughs> Someone has a very good memory. Uh huh. Um, so no, so so it has all that going for it. And again, there's. I think the other big thing, of course, is the direction is very different. Obviously, the fifties movie is very, uh, you know, straightforward. It's of its era. Whereas this, again, is also of its era. But in this case, it means there's a lot more stuff. There's a lot more handheld going on. There's a lot more sort of guerrilla kind of feel to the filmmaking where they're on the streets especially when stuff starts getting paranoid and you've got Donald Sutherland like combing the streets trying to use various payphones so he can't be tracked yeah. it's, uh, a, it's a lot like darker just in the way it's lit immediately it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. genuinely just physically darker 
Yeah, so, so, yeah, it's much darker, and I feel I feel like the the city itself plays more of a sort of character in the movie. Mm, okay. Because I mean, obviously, you had various locations in the fifties movie where you, you kind of like got familiar with, but I feel like here they're more like like safe beacons. Like you got Solon's house, you got the 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 spa, and you've got like Solon's like uh, office at work, and like these are all sort of these safe locations that they keep trying to get to. Then like, everything in between is like no man's land almost. No, no, you're right. In the fifties movie. It was a lot less about the town, but a lot about the the actual people. Because you you know that spent a lot of time getting to know a lot of the people before things went weird. Mm. Whereas here, it's like no, 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 everything's weird already. We don't know everyone, but we know where we are, uh, and and we we like I say you know, in between the things is just okay. This is the danger. Yeah, uh, as I to say, you don't get to know these characters uh, that are mean. Oh no, no, you you definitely know your core cast. Yeah. Uh, so, so you get all these characters, and yeah, and they're, they're they're very defined in their roles. I feel like I feel like Donald Sullivan's character and uh, Brooke Adams' characters they they have instant chemistry, even though they're not in a couple. Like she's actually yeah. dating someone else who's actually one of the first pod victims, and that that that's going on. And then you get Jeff Goldblum's character, who's this kind of cynical hard ass who's who disagrees with everything Leonard Nimoy says. Who is this like psychiatrist doctor who writes books and is kind of a sort of minuscule celebrity? He's he's got that going for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Veronica Cartwright, who's just kind of a, a Goldblum's girlfriend who runs this spa, and this is the whole thing that's going on. So you, you get all these characters, you get to know them, and but you get to know them so well that when they potentially aren't the real people anymore, you understand. You can tell. There's, yeah, there's tell before, signs. before the official reveal, you're you're kind of going, okay, I, I I know what's happened here. Yeah, so it, it plays with that I think a little bit better. You know, compared to the fifties version, I feel like the characters have a bit more sort of a. I, I keep using this word. I don't want to, but gritty realism to them, where they have more kind of inherent faults and kind of insecurities. You know, I, I feel like to take David Goldblum's character. I don't feel like there was anyone in the fifties movie that was as clearly as neurotic <laughs> as he is. I'm sorry, who's David Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Sorry. I don't know why I said David. <laughs> I don't know either. There's not even a David here to, to mix it up with. Actually, Leonard Nimoy's character is David Kibner. Oh, okay. So All right. I'm, I'm, that's, that's what I'm... All right. That's my story. I'm sticking uh, to yeah, it. Yeah, sure. But no, I'll take care of, like... Do you think of anyone as, like, sort of defined in the original? Because they're all kind of, like... Not cookie-cutter, but they're all, like, a bit more simple character-wise in the 50s movie. They're... they're, they're caricatures they, they play their roles but nothing more whereas these you know we, we say oh they they're defined into their roles clearly but they have more going on than that for sure yeah so no so you got a good cast you got good direction uh some good music i thought um mm, definitely really good score uh, as well as a <laughs> as a rendition of amazing grace at one point that's a very uh, big moment in the movie which is which is fun uh so, so you, you get all that stuff um yeah i, I think I think it's just a tenser film overall. I think it plays the horror element way more. Like it plays oh, it. It plays the terror of this of these things coming for you way more than the. Uh, I think the original does because, like you said, the original is more of a mystery up until a certain point. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like you say, it is very much playing the horror to a point where, I, when I was watching this, I was surprised you didn't tell me we weren't allowed to do this on this show and that this was mm-hmm. reserved for streams after midnight. It's borderline. It's kind of one of those but things. I, I was like, "Huh, I'm surprised you like, didn't 
It's like Alien. Alien is totally a horror movie, but it can, still kind of fits. It does. It does. Fits here. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, you get these examples. Yeah, I, I think just comparing some of the shots, like compare the shots in the original of the like the townspeople chasing our main characters, trying to assimilate them, mm. uh, and then compare it to some of the shots in this one where they're running down like these dark like warehouse alleyways, and there's just yeah. like one light in the background, and they're all in silhouette, and this is. It's just—it's way more inventive with the filmmaking. It's way more inventive with the visuals and the camera work. It, it and plays much more the the faceless crowd. Whereas you know when it was the town speed in the fifties, you kind of you could you could pick out a lot of people that you recognised. Yeah. And go, oh no, that's that person chasing them. This person chasing them. Where this is just, oh no, 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 they don't know who's chasing them. There's just there's just people. Yeah, and obviously the story in general is kind of uh, an analogy for for losing your individuality and becoming part of the, the pack and just going along with what everyone else is. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like here the horror of that is, again, kind of deeper. It's like people... You can almost argue that, that this even has more specific allusions to something like uh, like the Nazis or something like that, where it feels almost like the Gestapo like going around and you're hiding from them and they're coming. Like I'm thinking later on in the movie where some characters have got them trapped and they're, they're, they're sort of like in hushed tones talking about what they're going to do with them and, and things like that. It feels like there's yeah. this, this force that's building beneath the surface and they're, they're coming after them. So I, I think there's parallels to that. There's parallels to Nazi oh, yeah. Germany. Um, and then, but then, of course, you could just be more broad and say, oh, it's, it's kind of like, uh, just, you know, again, yeah, just like everyone's expecting you to be normal and be like one of what the, the, the status yeah. And then, and of course, the, the obvious thing to throw up of the time, you know, communism, the idea, you know, everyone's mm. kind of just the same, fallen in step, equal. And, you know, these are the outliers who, you know, thought, oh, no, no, we can't be having that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of parallels to make there, uh, I think. So, so no, I, I think we'll give a spoiler warning so we can talk about plot and talk about specific things. So, yeah, so so quite early on, you, you have uh, Matthew and Elizabeth, uh, Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams' characters, who have so much chemistry like it's it's off the charts. The way they're smelling at each other, the way he's smelling at her, it's clear these two have feelings for each other. But they're they're just oh, we're work friends. Uh, but they're there together, and she's she's found this flower. She's convinced that something's weird with her husband. Like he's 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 acting weird. He's not himself. And at first, it's just a bit of speculation. And she talks to him about it, and she's getting a bit more bit more agitated about it, a bit more mm. scared. And he's like, oh, look, let me take you to my psychiatrist friend, right, uh, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> let me take you to him. And that's where we, we meet we meet uh, Goldblum and whoever yes. else. And we hear that there's other people with this same thing. There's other people coming to him and saying, oh, my husband or my wife or whoever aren't themselves it, anymore. Yeah, we, we see one kind of very uh, loudly proclaiming it at this event. Mm. Like this, this woman, oh, no, no, that's not my husband. You know, something's changed, making a bit of a scene. And of course, Nimoy represents this complete sceptic where, no, this is all tomfoolery. This is just uh, some mm. sort of weird uh, psychological thing that's spreading. But it's, it is spreading because there's more and more people with this this thing. Yeah, he attributes it to a, a flu that's going around. Yeah. And of course, you get the the cameo from the main character, the, the first version of the movie, uh, who runs out. And he's basically doing what he did in the end of the first movie, where he runs it onto the motorway and starts like screaming they're coming for you they're coming for you he does that in this movie it, he meets a bit more uh 
a bit of a sadder ending, <laughs> which is probably yeah. something you can say about the movie as a whole. The first movie actually ended with him convincing the authorities and them dealing with the situation. Uh, whereas this movie ends in the bleakest possible we are all screwed much. manner. Yep, yep. That can it's be. Uh, it's uh, like nope, nope. Forget it. Forget any of that hope and optimism that you had in the fifties. That's all gone now. <laughs> Pretty much. That's that's basically what what the movie is, and. Yeah, and, and it kind of builds, but it's, it's all horror, and you get a lot of practical effects. Uh, oh yeah, with the uh, with the, the the pod people like becoming, and they're kind of these goo people. And I like that they, they discover because because Goldblum's asleep, and his girlfriend finds him, or finds mm. the new body that's going to become him. But it's all just you know, it's kind of undefined, and this is kind of something we had in the, the first movie where. Oh, no fingerprints, that kind of thing. So they mention those little details, but it's like, okay, so what is he? What's going on? And you sort of they kind of realise that when they fall asleep, the the, the oh, process man. continues, yeah. like and the, the things keep turning into them, and they keep getting more paranoid to try to talk. We actually find out in the middle that Leonard Nimoy is actually one of them already. He's already working yeah. with the, the the boyfriend fella who who turned at the start of the movie, and this is the yeah, whole thing. It's one of those that's kind of okay. This is this is an obvious moment because it's like okay, no, he's been kind of working against them the whole time. Yeah, try and trying to them. convince them. Don't, don't look into this. It's not worth it. Yeah, there's a lot of nice little details throughout. You, you can't tell that the, the the people who are replaced, their bodies just turn into like sort of dust and fluff, and you see them yeah, disposing. Kind of, yeah, it's yeah. it's a really great effect when it happens. They kind of go, it's like, it's like they get really dehydrated. You know, like when you get like dehydrated fruit. Mm-hmm. It it kind of does that where they you know they shrink in and shrivel. Yeah, you don't see it until the end of the movie, though. They actually yeah. save they save the the visual of this happening until the end of the movie, but it's hinted out throughout the whole thing. Uh, that this is what they turn into, and yeah, it, it gets to this point. And what I think is funny is the movie is almost two hours long, and I would maybe argue it's a touch too long. Yeah, maybe ten fifteen minutes. I would, I would maybe shave off a little bit of it, but I have to I have to admit that. For as little plot as there actually is, because what once this happens and they're all kind of like the, the two couples are living together and well, I mean, okay, technically Matthew and Elizabeth aren't a couple yet, but the, the two couples yeah. are living together and they're, they're basically watching over each other as they sleep. And then once we get to this point in the movie and we're noticing that more and more people are acting strange, like he, he goes to the dry cleaners and the first time he goes, the husband's like, "That's not my wife. She's changed. She's changed." But then when he goes on later on, he's like, "Oh no, everything's fine now." Yes. Yeah. And we get that, that, that woman who was making a scene at the event before being mm. like, oh, no, no, it's all fine now. I'm, I'm not being put up to this. I just wanted everyone to know that it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah, it really plays with that whole paranoia thing, whereas the movie is like, you're spiraling. And we have that scene where they're all asleep and like it, they're all being created. All four of them are getting their bodies and they just wake up in time. And the people are starting to come for them like a mob out the front because they keep avoiding being turned. And... It, it keep, and from there, that's where we get all these gorgeous chase sequences throughout the city where they actually have to run. And, yeah. you know, eventually, uh, Goldblum and his girlfriend kind of, like, run off to try and distract them, and she doesn't want to leave him, so we're left with the pair, and they're on their own, and they're trying to, like, run away. Um, and, of course, it ends in dark, dark times where she, where she's turned. Uh, yeah. She she just gets up, and she's completely turned, and he's 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 hugging her, her original body when she's asleep. And that's when we see the actual effect of it, like decompressing and closing in. It, it, it's weird because this section of the movie is possibly the best section, you know, mm-hmm. with the, all this. Shit. But it's it's also the section that's the the easiest bit to say, okay, here's where you cut a few minutes from, because this stuff goes on for 
quite a while, this chase stuff. It, it does. Uh, yeah, maybe you could tighten it a little bit. Because uh, after this, like, because they get to like a plant where they're, they're farming the pods so they can ship them mm. out. Uh, and that's where we get the bit. There's a great big scene because he leaves her at one point because he's like, oh, there's a ship over there. I'm going to see what the ship is and maybe we can get on the ship and leave. And it, Amazing Grace is playing the whole time as he's running towards her. It's, you know, just glorious, like, bombastic, big bagpiped version of yeah. Amazing Grace. And then he gets to the ship and they're loading pods onto it. They're spreading this all over the planet. It's not just the city. Yeah. And he comes back and he holds her as she's asleep and she just like fades away into nothing and just falls out of his arms. It's like so depressing. And then the other version just stands up behind him. Yeah. Uh, it's a proper creepy moment. There's, there's good creepy moments like that throughout. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and then he just kind of runs and he basically tries to defy them by uh, burning their, their, their farming uh, warehouse as best he can. Good, pretty good effort. Yeah, it is okay. And... He gets away. I mean, actually leaving this kind of ambiguous moment where we think he might be about to be caught, but he might be staying hidden. And we cut to after, and throughout the whole sequence, because they actually play with this, because at one point the two of them hide in his lab for a little bit. Mm. And eventually the, the bad guy shop, Nimoy, who's taken over and whatever, show up and they're like, hey, uh, we're going to put you to sleep, we'll give you some sleeping uh, serum or whatever, and we're going to put you out. And they get out, and when they, they actually run into... Uh, into Veronica Cartwright again in the building and she like and at first you think oh she's taken over as well but then you find that no she's just pretending you can trick them if you pretend yeah. you're one of them you can get by so this sets up at the end of the movie where we see him and he's like he's he sees all of them like walking down outside the hall so he gets up and he joins the line and he's, he's one of them he's pretending and you think he's pretending because he takes a bit longer because he's working on something and he looks over and sees them and he gets up and does it to copy them almost yeah so it feels like delay, he's pretending. Sure. And then he's outside and he's walking down and Veronica Cartwright, Nancy, she shows up again and she's like, oh, hey, hey, Matthew, it's you. And she comes towards him smiling, showing emotion because that's the key thing. You have to not show emotion. Yeah. And it's funny. I think you can't watch this now without knowing the ending because this moment is gift inter- eternally on the internet. I've seen it's, it. Like it's true. I like, I, I, I'm oh, the first I've seen this movie, but I, I was familiar with this moment still. Yeah. And he, you know, he points and does the noise. The that ungodly scream. That yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great big moment. It's a great big sort of no, we're all screwed. Um, I actually kind of like that she's the one who, at least for the longest, survives because she's the one you don't expect. Oh yeah, you're, you're expecting him or Elizabeth for sure. You expect maybe him to go down to save Elizabeth, maybe as you're watching the movie. Yeah, or but something once like that. Elizabeth goes, you go, okay, so he's going to be the one now. Yeah. But so I kind of like that she's the one who kind of survives. I mean, admittedly, arguably after this final moment, she's she's probably not for much longer. Yeah, yeah. but no, it's a, it's a nice touch. It's a, it's a surprising little moment when she pops up up again. Uh, oh, definitely, and that, that scream sounds amazing. Oh, it does, and I, I think even if you've seen the ending, you don't know that that's who he's pointing at because you, you just see that one shot of him pointing. No, he's, with he's the, true. the face. Uh, and to be fair, they also use that that image of him pointing uh, on the the cover art and stuff now, so they, they don't even hate it. It's, it's it's the same thing they do with Planet of the Apes, isn't it? It's exactly the same thing. Where now it's just such an iconic image of the movie, they just use yeah. it without even caring. But hey, what, what are you going to do? Um, but no, so so that's that's kind of the the plot. It's actually a really straightforward plot. It, it's a, it's a plot that's it's, it's it's probably a movie with the the most like in dark rooms and dark alleyways, like whispering. Oh, I can think of. I, I just when I think of this movie, I think of like lots of like huddled together, hushed tones, like talking about what they're going to do. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's the conspiracy. I mean, yeah, like that, that's kind of they keep going. Oh, it's a conspiracy. Is it a conspiracy? 
but even if they're not convinced at times they still treat it like it is in in the way that they act yeah it's not even till halfway through where someone finally sort of theorizes that maybe this flower that's causing this uh is from outer space yeah that was one of the few moments i kind of had a problem with though because she's just mm. like no maybe it's from space like n- nothing to lead her to that yeah uh, and she, you know, you know, you have Elizabeth going. You know, I don't know what this flower is. It's not in any of the books. I don't know where it's from. And then Nancy's just like, ah, it's probably from space. We, we always expect them in metal ships, but why, why not flowers? It's a space flower. I'm like, like I, I, you're right, and I know you're right. But wh- why do you just get to this? Well, what I liked about that though is one of the other guys goes, "Hey, I don't expect them in metal ships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't expect them at all. <laughs> exactly. This is a pretty good funny line." Yeah. I actually that reminds me though I do really like how the movie starts when it's getting the title you actually see oh, this the, planet the space sequence yeah, yeah. I, I like that I, I like the kind of the eeriness of that it was kind of a little bit of Alien which again didn't exist yet a little bit of 2001 kind of like creepiness mm-hmm. going yeah. for it and so I, I dig that I dig that quite oh, a it was bit. a nice sequence let me ask you Connor did, did this movie inspire you are, are you in the mood now to get a mud bath no I don't I don't, I don't get it why, why would I want to sit in mud do you know what really bugged me about it? Is that the, the guy who was in the mud bath like, gets out and she puts the towel around him and I'm like, why are you putting the white towel on him when he's still covered in mud? Let him get to the shower first. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point. It bothered me. It really, like, this towel now looks filthy. <laughs> but she didn't have to look at him. Right. Also, there was a guy reading a book in the mud bath and I'm like, how did you not get mud in that book? How How, how did you... To be fair, I think that about you know people who read books in just a regular bath. I'm like, how are you not getting this book wet? How is it not ruined? It, it, mm. it, it, it's a skill or a, that, that some people have that I do not understand. Yeah, what what I I need because the house I'm in doesn't currently have a bath, but should and when I get a bath, I'm going to need some sort of like safety net so that I can take the tablet in and read comics in the bath. Oh, I, I, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I, I hear people go, oh, I'll just, yeah, I'll read the tablet, I'll read some book on my tablet in the bath. I'm like, what? Are you brave person? I'm not brave enough to do that. No, I, I need a safety net. I need to build some sort of safety net so that if I do drop it, it'll just kind of... I bet do... you can buy a stand, you know? Like, yeah. like one of, you know those little things that stick to the walls? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you can buy one of them. Yeah, get one that's got like a proper sort of like magnetic rim or something that just locks it in, so it just can't physically drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we need. Sweet. Yeah, that is what you need. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, definitely the most mud bath stuff I've seen in a movie, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get it though. What's the appeal? Oh, it's it's mud. It's no, stop it. It's the same principle, you know how. Uh, they do facials, they put the cucumbers on their eyes, all that nonsense. Yeah, but at least with the, that, they put actual, you know, cream around them. That Okay, no, this is, a, you know, like, okay, we've got... Usually, but I, I have seen it done with mud before, though. Yeah, but and I think it's weird for that as well. Oh, sure. I mean, to be fair, at least the mud that they're using here, I'm assuming, is like... It's not just mud they've taken from outside, it's, it's oh, curated really mud. Not. But it's yeah. still mud. <laughs> it looks awful. Why would you want to sit in that? I'll be honest, my biggest problem with it is my junk. Like, imagine being naked in mud and the mud can... No, oh, exactly. everything. Uh, that's the... Like, like, why? Why would you do this to yourself? Uh, having it on my arm doesn't really bother me. It's like, yeah, it's just a flat surface. Fine. But it's anything where there's, like, a, an orifice <laughs> of some kind. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I get you. Just, just... 
but it, it just doesn't look appealing, does it? And these two guys are there, proper relaxing in it. I'm like, how are you so relaxed? Oh, yeah, screw sand as well while we're on the subject. But <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm at it, yeah, yeah, no, second that. I def- definitely don't want a sand bath. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't mean, suggesting you, you that, have but... One, but but I'm just I'm just going that to the extreme. I'm just saying, sand ain't that great. And I, this is not some sort of weird Star Wars Episode Two uh, reference. No, no, I I thought of it. I thought, nope, yeah. not, not going to take the bait. Yeah, uh, it's just genuinely kind of annoying. That's what I'm saying. It is pretty irritating. <laughs> So as, as stupid as that moment is in that film, I can relate to the sentiment. That's the worst part about it. You hate yourself for actually agreeing. Agreeing, with yeah. Oh, that's that's the that's the big thing. You hate, you hate yourself it's, for it's, it. It's horrible. You do back back to the invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> yes, plant people. Plant people. I really like the overall kind of mood. I think that's the biggest thing that I think it's, it's got, got. It's got it's got a real tone and atmosphere to it, hasn't it? I think that's the big thing that's got over the 50s version. Yeah. And I like the 50s version. It's, it's got that, you know, suburban sci-fi thing going for it. And I really like that. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think the 70s one does feel a bit more visceral. It feels a bit more, like... It's just scary, <laughs> basically. Like, it is. And, and I think it does such a, a great job with how little plot it actually has. Because you can boil the plot down to about three sentences, really. But yeah. it stretches it to, you know, two hours, give or take. Uh, and... Maybe maybe slightly too long, but for the most part, it's hitting everything it needs to, everything it's trying to. Yeah, I'd maybe shave ten minutes off of it. Uh, yeah, probably just little bits here or there, just just tighten it up just a touch. But yeah. uh, there's no like actual sequence in it of itself. There's, that I there's think no is... point where you're going, oh, this is dragging. Just overall, you're like, okay, maybe touch too long. Yeah, because you know, it's, horror movies don't typically tend to be that much over ninety minutes. Uh, no. And I think that's for a reason. I think it's because if you have things be properly tense, if you actually succeed in creating the tension, it gets tiring after a while. <laughs> so that's why they typically tend uh, to be I short. Think, yeah, as well. Even aside from the tension, just the fear of something, it 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 loses its effect over time, doesn't it? So you know, the, you keep it shorter and go. Okay, no, it's still while it's scary, just stop there. Well, that's why you build. That's why you have escalation because you start yeah. off with just the the barest of little hints of the fear, and then you kind of compound and compound which is why i think it's interesting that this actually starts so far in like you know we immediately people replaced we're immediately in on this from you know like five minutes into the movie i think what i like about it though is that you get that feeling that okay that happens at the start of the movie but you get the feeling that it is just a few people at the start but then as the movie goes on it feels like okay now there's like maybe five percent of the city's taken over and then but then by the time you get to the third act it's like okay like 70 80 percent of this city yeah, it have been feels taken. like it's just these at points yeah um and it feels like you know the the the, the you know when when they're running down like uh the street at one point uh towards the end of the movie um you've got the two you've just got the two of them at this point and they're walking down the street but they're looking around at everyone like you know everyone's potentially yeah, one of like, them are they one of them are they on to us yeah uh, I do kind of like though that they still have to communicate it's not like a hive mind because they, they can theory because at one point they'll, they, they'll like sneak onto a truck and they kind of like chase out get away from one of them and they're still yeah. kind of a pod person driving the truck so it's not like they have this connection where they, they just no know. I mean it sets that up early on as well yeah. with the you know the, the, the guy the, the very first guy you know the, the, the boyfriend or husband boyfriend uh, boyfriend i think that you know that gets turned and he's off meeting with others he 
He's not, there's no, they don't just know things, they're off talking to other people across the sea. Yeah, that's the thing, that's what makes her so empowering, because she's like, oh, I've been following him, he's been meeting with people yeah. that we don't know, like, I have no idea who any of these people are. There's something fishy going on. Oh, yeah. Um, he's not acting like himself, because obviously we see him at the start of the movie, the, the briefest scene we get of him before he turns is, he's in like a t-shirt, he's watching some sport games, he's got headphones on, he's sort of been a bit of a slob and eating out of a bowl or whatever, uh, and then... For the rest of the movie, once he's turned, though, he's in a suit the entire time, and he's got like you know t- his hair's all well kept, and he's yeah. very sharp looking. He's just very he's different. Off, off he goes, you know, business meetings. Yeah, and it's, it's all, I almost imagine from her perspective, he's never walked in the room and said, "I need to go to a meeting in his life before." <laughs> no, definitely not. I, I, I don't imagine so. Anyway, uh, you know, and then, then you've got, obviously you get the obvious thing. I think we spoke a lot about this in the the, the original movie, but just the idea that. Oh, the, the replacements, like, oh, we're still you, but we're without all the things that hold us back, like feelings or or, or fear or love or yeah. anything like that. And that idea, what's the point of living without all those things? It's like a... That, that's it, because they, they, they kind of have a bit of a monologue at one point where they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we, we're just surviving. That's that's all we care about. But is surviving enough? Is, is surviving... Does, does it have a point to it if you're not actually... Well, well, that's the thing. To them, clearly, it does. That's enough, because they... They survive, and to oh, them, oh sure, yeah, to them. But I just mean, yeah. I'm talking more in a broad sense. Like uh, the the question that the movie's asking is, yeah, is yeah. surviving enough? And clearly, it's not because you don't feel anything. There's nothing there. It, is, no. it goes back to the old thing of like, yeah, like would would you take a mortality versus a life where, that's short, but you actually have people in it, and you you experience love, and you experience all these different things, and yeah. you know, obviously, if you could have both, then you know, maybe <laughs> sure, why not? Exactly. But, uh, no, so so yeah, it's, it's it's a science fiction film because it raises those kind of questions. It, it explores these things. It is an analogy for you know communism, Nazi Germany, all these things, individuality, a uh, big theme in science fiction in general. It's a big theme. But it is. On top of that, it's also just a pretty well, well really well directed little gritty horror movie. I think that's what what makes it particularly good. It's the direction because, yeah. you know, like I say, the, these ideas they're nothing unique to this movie. You know, definitely not. You've you've seen it done, you know, countless times. I mean, it, uh, this one is literally a remake of of another movie. Yeah, well, you, with the same themes. You got a good good cast. You got good practical effects as well. But yeah, they the direction is yeah. the stuff that stands out. I think more than anything else. And honestly, I'll say this right now, and I know that there's a lot more of them. But like, this is why after this one, I don't need any more versions of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They seem to want to remake it every like ten, fifteen years. It's just one of these things they keep coming back to. But you know what? I've got my fifties B movie version. I've got my gritty seventies horror version. I don't need any more. I saw the Daniel Craig one from like two thousand seven or something like that, and it was like just. I don't. I haven't seen it. I don't it mind bad. the idea if they can find something new to do with it, and do it well. Like you got, you got to have a because again, like I said, the the idea and the messaging. It's all pretty standard for, for sci-fi. It's it's. Have you got a new way to do this and you know something different? It's not a B movie. It's not essentially a horror movie. You got to come at it with a completely different approach if you want to do it again. Well, well, no, that that's fine in different contexts. Like you know, Community did an episode where it was basically that plot, but with singing. Like they were turning people yeah. into parts members of the Glee Club. That was the. It was like a joke version of it. That's fine. What I'm talking about is the actual plot of like plant people replacing, re- you know, replacing people. Uh, yeah, is, is the core plot. I don't need to see that again. It's too specific. Like, it, it's exhausted. I'm done. <laughs> it's fine. Because whenever I've seen like another attempt at it, like the 2007 version, or whenever I've seen, like, yeah, like that. That I've not seen that. One. What did they do? What was that? Did they try and make it a horror film again, or did they try and do something different? Yeah, there was, like a, there was like a thriller horror where 
you know paranoid that's it i think you've got to treat it differently i don't know what that differently is that's not for me to come up with but if you want me to go yeah, oh, no, this is on par then that's what they've got to do yeah i don't know what you do with it i, I honestly if i was the one green lighting movies i'd be like i'd never green light another one i'd be like no no that does stun the, the idea has been perfected oh, like I said, unless they can come to me with a with a way that it's different then yeah i just i don't know anything i've seen it since where it's tried to play it remotely like either of these versions it just feels like I'm going through the motions. Like, I've seen this done already. I don't need to see this anymore. Even uh, one of the worst episodes ever of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is a Body Snatchers rip-off. And that is a tedious episode to get through. I don't actually remember it, so that probably proves your point. Bad eggs, Connor. Bad eggs. Oh, oh okay. I remember disliking it. But yeah, I do remember disliking it. Yeah. There's, some, there's some visuals in it of Alien but it's, it's more of a Body Snatchers episode nah, I recall now yeah yeah. so you know I, I just I don't know I feel like it's just one of these plots because I think there's other things where you say okay I should die hard on a different thing <laughs> like die hard on a boat die hard on a plane die hard on a train die hard you know yeah. you can do die hard on lots of different things and I think die hard's a broad enough plot that I don't mind them trying it in different things like that Whereas body snatchers, I'm like, nah, like it's it's just it's specific enough that I don't really feel the need to to do. P- people are being replaced with alternate versions of themselves. I'm not for it necessarily, unless they g- give me a good reason. No. But I'm not in- inherently going to go never. So someone might come up with a really good idea, and I'll go, yeah, I want to watch that. I'm just saying, if anyone's going to pitch me uh, a, a body snatchers remake or reboot of some kind, it's going to be an uphill battle. So I'm saying, yeah, yeah, definitely will. Uphill battle, uh, and apparently Don Siegel, who was the director of the fifties ones, also got a cameo in this. He does. Yeah, he played the taxi driver. I just noticed the name there. I, I didn't know yeah. who he looked like, so I would never have. Yeah, yeah, me either. Noticed him, but hey, oh, that was nice. It was nice to have a couple of cameos cool. for the old. Uh, the yeah, old folk. acknowledging that, that. Oh no, that existed. Yeah, it, it wasn't like you know, it was it was honouring the the legacy. It wasn't just kind of like, oh, no, that one was shit. We're going to do our own better version. It was no, no, that was a cool way of doing yeah, it. And here's... I, I think that, I think I, I think I prefer this version, but I think they're both valid takes on the the idea. And yeah, I think that's inherently why I'm saying I'm not as opposed to another version doing something different because they are very different in the way they treat it. Oh, they are, but I I just. I can't imagine what another version would be. No, no, I can't either, but someone but... might be able to. So, someone <laughs> better than me uh, yeah, coming up with ideas. I, I will be shocked if it ever happens, but, you know, we'll see. Um, so, no. Uh, anything else you want to add for Invasion of the Body Snatchers? The dog was cool. Oh, yeah, the dog with the human head, yeah. implying that the the pod kind of got things wrong when it was... yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was an interesting effect. I have to say, yeah, uh, it looked it looked real good. It did look good. No, I, I, uh, I agree with that. All right, do you want to rate the movie then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a solid eight. Yeah, uh, I actually can cover that score exactly eight out of ten. So there you go. That's Envision of the Body Snatchers, nineteen seventy eight. Um, yeah, so by all means, uh, let us know what you think of the movie. Uh, as far as other stuff to inform you about, obviously I'll remind you about the the Vault, which is the the Patreon sort of submitted list of movies 
where our patrons can submit a movie to the list, the vault list, and every so often we pick one off the list to do. Uh, so that's there. Also, the voting for this month is up for the patrons at the $5 tier. Uh, we have a theme of unconventional romance uh, for next month's uh, vote. It's you, you know, will be topical, but we're, but, yeah. but we're going to be better than just so of course our you're voting throughout January for the, the for the movie that we'll do in February, so that's why obviously it's tying into to Valentine's yeah. to an extent. Uh, the options in that are Punch Drunk Love, Her, Lars and the Real Girl, and Lady Hawk. I'm impressed I remembered all those. I am I too. Because I, I, it... I was convinced you were going to forget the final one. I didn't have it in front of me, so it it's you know I just had to had to go for it. Uh, so that's up for patrons, so you can go check out that. Uh, and the winner of last month's, actually, uh, which ties nicely into the sci-fi theme of the month, which, uh, to be fair, they were all sci-fi options because they were all f- movies set in the future. But our patrons, because I always, I, sometimes I like to put in a joke option, like there'll be four options, and I'll put in one that's kind of funny, thinking no one's going to pick it. And almost, I mean, not quite unanimously, but the majority of people voted for West, uh, not Westworld. That would have been alright. Waterworld won the vote so we'll be doing that this month sometime on the show it's only a matter of time before one of your joke options blew up do you think it's going to stop me though i have to admit though uh we're also it's doing making like, you think twice though isn't it for for the horror movie stuff for streams the vote this month i uh we're, we're doing like a uh, vampire movies which are still set a romance themed yeah 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 that's how, which is a lot of them yeah there's a lot of them and uh, i picked four good options but I was really tempted to put Twilight as the joke one. Oh, I know. I was like, it's so easy, isn't it, though? And I, and I just I backed out. I almost did it. And oh, I went, no, no, no. I it out. It's like, no, I'm, not, I'm not giving them that chance. So, no, no, no. So there's good next movies year. on that vote. Yeah, maybe next year that'll be on the vote. But here here, here we are. So, uh, yeah, so so go go vote if you're a patron. Uh, if you're not a patron, go and have a look at the Patreon. See if it, see if it tickles your fancy uh, over at patreon.com slash TV. Link in that to the description. Uh, as well some other useful links but uh, otherwise that is, that is so like subscribe twitter's at mail underscore fuzz all the other usual shenanigans that I, I spout out at the end of this sometimes mess up not too bad in this episode but sometimes I really butcher it yeah but you'd, you'd think you know first episode back in the new year you'd be really professional with this nail it and it's kind of been like yeah yeah whatever you know the drill yeah I'm okay with that so that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies guys we'll see you next time